When should you call the chaplain? You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Chaplain Barbara L. Rutt, the manager of pastoral care at Lehigh Valley Health Network in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Chaplain Rutt, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. It's great to be here with you today. Tell us about the various roles of a hospital chaplain. Oh my, there are so many. Well, let me start with today. I had three people just kind of drop into my office who just wanted to talk. One was a family member of a patient who had just been brought in, and she just needed to vent her frustrations with the whole situation. Another was a staff member who is concerned about another staff member, and he wanted some advice as to how to work with that staff member to support them. And a third was a living donor who I am also the living donor advocate, and this person had been here once before and came again just to touch base and to make sure that they were doing the right thing. So, you know, you fill many different roles. When they have questions, health, many times it goes to end of life or progression of life. And so, you know, what is that going to do with the decision of where is God in my life or is there God in my life? And so they come to the chaplain. Is there a typical caseload for a hospital chaplain? Every hospital is different, and we are a large trauma center We also have two other campuses, and so our chaplains in this hospital, we don't have a major caseload, per se, that everyone sees a number of patients per day, but we make sure that emergency cases are seen first. We do prioritization, and then from there on, it goes down to consults, referrals, and rounds, of course, are already scheduled into our day. What are your goals as a hospital chaplain? My goals are to make sure that the spiritual needs of the patients, the families, and the staff are met, and they are emotionally met as well as spiritually, that they're uplifted. How do you define spiritual care and health care? It's different for each person. Health care in itself, if we go back to the ancients, health care was established in, in the realm of the spiritual world. It was the priests and the holy people that were taking care of the sick. And so they were not just taking care of their physical needs, but they were taking care of their spiritual needs, their emotional needs. And so it seems natural for a hospital to have someone to take care of those particular needs of a patient when taking care of the whole patient. So when you're taking care of the spiritual needs of the patient, you're taking care of that one piece that fits into the whole, that spirit, that piece that questions, is there a God in my life? Is there someone out there that's going to heal me or protect me from this illness? Is there someone there that's going to be with my family when I die? Is there an afterlife? And someone to at least hear those questions and to hear the fears and to talk with that patient about those fears. Does evidence-based research exist showing the benefits of having a chaplain as part of the healthcare team? Yes, it does. There are several places that are doing some 
research at this time. There is a place in New York, uh, Healthcare Chaplaincies, I believe it's called, is doing some research there. Duke University is doing some research, and I believe Yale has some research that they have been doing. And there is evidence that says that when the spiritual needs of a patient are being met, that for some reason they seem to respond to the treatment and they seem to be able to accept the prognosis whether it is a bad prognosis or a good prognosis, they're able to accept it a little bit better. When should physicians make a referral to the chaplain? That's a wonderful question. I prefer that a physician make a referral to a chaplain as early as possible. Don't wait till you have already given the patient their prognosis and the bad news, but pull them in right at the beginning. We can make the physician's job much easier in the fact that we can partner with them and be with them as a supportive person for them as well as for the patient and the patient's family. So the sooner we're pulled in to the the mix, the better it is for all concerned. What percentage of patients request spiritual counseling versus receiving your services through a referral? I would say most of our consults that we receive are due to patient request, and I would say it's better than half of our consults are patient request. The others are referral by physicians picked up by through our rounding process or might be a physical therapist maybe have been working with the patient or a dietitian may have been sitting down with the patient and the patient has expressed a few needs and the dietitian refers them to us. So it could be anybody who refers us to the patient. Are there enough chaplains to meet the need? No. Never enough chaplains. (laughs) Each of our chaplains can see, at the most, I'd say 10 to 15 patients a day. And that's giving quality care. You don't want to just run by and say, hi, how are you doing today? Got to run, see the next patient. You want to be able to spend time, hear what that patient's needs are, and be able to work out a plan of care for that patient. The days of, hi, how are you, have a blessing, and moving on are over. They're long gone. We need to look at the chaplain as part of the healthcare team who can actually give the physicians, the nursing, the rest of the team some input into what's making this patient tick. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Chaplain Barbara L. Rutt, the Manager of Pastoral Care at Lehigh Valley Health Network in Allentown, Pennsylvania, discussing the chaplain's role on the health care team. Chaplain Rutt, the Hastings Center Report recently published five articles on chaplaincy. Describe some highlights from these articles? Oh, boy. I did read through those. And in fact, I have some of them right in front of me. You know, chaplains are obligated to provide care with substantive content reflecting their professional education and training, care that includes but does not go beyond the comfort of a listening ear. Many times you think of a chaplain as someone who's just going to sit there and listen to the patient say a prayer and then leave. 
but we actually provide deeper care than that. We ask the questions that draw out of the patient the answers they already have inside of them. Another one of the articles brought out, if chaplaincy cannot identify patient-centered care as its distinctive quality improvement goal, then it is hard to make the case that another profession ought to. Chaplaincy can really improve the quality of patient care by providing that time with that patient. You don't come to the hospital for the spiritual care, but the spiritual care is a part of the health care. And I think these articles actually help get you into understanding more deeply what chaplains actually do about quality patient care. They help you to understand more deeply about ethical issues, Describe how you and your fellow chaplains get involved with the medical team at your hospital. There are several ways that we're involved. Since 1981, the chaplain has been a member of the trauma team. In 81, we started our trauma care here at Lehigh Valley, and we identify the patient, call the family, and connect the family, the patient, the physician we're the supportive piece in that. So we have been an integral part. Just a few years ago, we started in other types of rounds. We started with the Open Heart Collaborative Rounds over at our Muhlenberg campus. And in those rounds, we are at the bedside of the patient with the physician, the nurse, the pharmacist, the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, the case manager. All of us are at the bedside talking with the patient, not at the patient, but patient is part of the conversation, and we're all discussing the care of the day with that patient. We have carried those rounds over here to the Cedarcrest site, and we are doing those kind of rounds here with the open-heart patients. We are now looking at rounding with our palliative medicine team, and that will be a different type of rounding. It will be a table rounding where we are involved at the table discussing all the different cases that we have and then going out and doing the consults with the team. We are also involved in our transitional skilled unit where we do consults over there and then our reflections are given for the case rounding because their rounding is at the same time as one of our resident meetings. We have a clinical pastoral education program here and so our resident cannot be at his program and their rounds at the same time. What feedback have you received from physicians about the chaplain's role? For the most part, we have been asked to have chaplains be more present. In fact, I had a physician just two days ago come in and say, I need another chaplain on rounds for my intensive care rounds. And I said, I don't have a chaplain for you. You know, I can give you someone in the afternoon, but I don't have anybody for the morning when you have your rounds. You know, if you want to switch rounds... I can provide it. Another physician wants someone up in the PICU 24-7 just for the pediatric intensive care unit. We have chaplains who do debriefings with staff members after they've had difficult cases. And as they sit around with the staff members and pull the stories out of them and get them talking about the stories and support the staff, the staff are able to better understand the whole scope of the case and be able to be strong to go back and take care of the other cases that they have to deal with. So physicians are very much in favor of our program. 
Do you have any specific stories illustrating how a chaplain is helped in a difficult medical situation? A chaplain as a companion and advocate, a chaplain visited with a niece of a patient who the patient had a, a cerebral hemorrhage and the patient was not responsive and on a ventilator. The niece was quite anxious about the prognosis. She was very weepy and distraught and she knew she he would not return to be the way that, that she knew him prior to his hemorrhage. When the physician arrived, the chaplain was still there, and the physician reviewed the case with the niece. The chaplain was able to help the niece to understand what the physician was saying to her and debrief her after the physician left, which gave the niece opportunities for her to express her fears and her questions about God's presence during these trying times. Another time, patient was losing her baby, and she felt that if she was to induce the labor that was already somewhat, it would start and stop and start and stop. But the baby was still living, even though there was no fluid, amniotic fluid. But she was afraid if she in- induced it, she would be killing her baby. And so the chaplain was able to work her through some of the fears that she had and help her come to a decision as to what she was going to do. In another situation, a chaplain visited with a 32-year-old patient with AIDS, and he had been ostracized from his family for six years. And what transpired was that the spiritual pain this person was having was loneliness and a depreciation of themselves. And by the time the chaplain had closed the encounter, the patient said, finally someone has seen my pain and has been able to help me work through it. A physician, after they had discontinued a code blue for an 80-year-old woman, was found crying, and the chaplain offered to buy her a cup of coffee. And so she took her to the cafeteria, and over coffee, the the physician said, you know, this woman reminds me of my grandmother, and I didn't realize it until after I called, stopped the code, and everything was over and done with, and it hit me. And it's tied my story to this woman. I have feelings, too. Physicians cry, too. And this chaplain was able to be with this person, this physician, as they made a connection between where a patient, you know, sometimes we have transference, and this physician happened to have that. Thank you to Chaplain Barbara Rutt for joining us to discuss the chaplain's role on the health care team. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That's 888-639-6157. Thank you for listening.